Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at Wapak Naz. I want to welcome you to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at Wapak Naz believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. Wapak Naz is love people loving people to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Naz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. Well, it's a great story, and boys and girls and ladies and gentlemen, this whole VBA month, we're going to learn about life, we're going to learn about the Lord, we're going to learn even a little bit about leadership, all from the life of Peter, walking through four specific stories, and one of the stories that you just heard, we're going to jump into today. Next week, we're going to talk about Peter and Jesus walking on water, and then how Peter eventually denied Jesus three times. And finally, we're going to step into the book of Acts. Acts chapter 3, where Peter and John went to the temple and met this man whom they healed. These are four interesting stories, four jam-packed stories full of truth. And so this morning, I just want to talk about Peter for just a moment. Peter is a lot more like us than we think. I actually identify with Peter quite a bit because he's kind of the guy that makes makes all the messes and Jesus kind of cleans them up. And in fact, Peter's the kind of person that wears his emotion on his sleeve. Sometimes he speaks out of turn or he acts out of turn. He often puts his foot in his mouth. I don't know about you, but that's me. And so I'd like for you to step into a little bit of Peter's life and learn from his interaction with Jesus and how the Holy Spirit really did some things in Peter that enabled him to do some miraculous things. So, this morning, I'd like for you to open up your scripture, pull out your phone, your iPad, and we're going to go right into Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 11. Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 11. And we're going to read the story that we just heard about on the screen. Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 11. And it starts, one day, Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, which is the Sea of Galilee, with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats. How many boats? Two boats. Two boats. Left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats The one belonging to Simon. Everybody say Simon. That's Peter. And asked him to put it out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night. And haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Verse 6. This is a great, great line. When they had done so, 
they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter, who? Man, you're right on it. Maybe. No. You're right on it. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me. Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And this is really important for you Bible nerds. Who were his partners? It says this. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, or the sons of Thunder. They were Simon's partners, business partners. And so, then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. Or in other words, you will catch people. So they pulled their boats up on shore and left everything and followed him. Would you please bow your heads and pray along with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your scripture. We thank you how you take ordinary people, men, women, teenagers, children, seniors, young adults, You take ordinary people and you do extraordinary things in them and then through them. But it all starts, Lord. It all starts with our yes. It all starts with saying, I will do what you ask. Father, will you teach us today? All of us, even myself as I speak. May your words ring true in our ears and our hearts and may we act on what you say. It's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. So when my dad and I returned from our fishing expeditions, my mom would always ask that glaring question. Did you catch anything? And it seemed like almost every time we had an amazing story of the fish that got away. That was my dad and I. We were not expert fishermen. I would not make a living like Peter did. However, there is a story of an astonishing catch that actually happened in the Ambrose household. It was after a dark night, a late night of fishless fishing. Like I said, we were not experts. My dad and I were in our 12-foot aluminum John boat. We had our lawn chairs, yes, lawn chairs, those cross-hatch aluminum lawn chairs. This is when I was like 10. This is back in the 80s, man. And we sat in those lawn, that John boat all day and through the night. Caught nothing, no nibbles, no bites. And so we went to dock, and we started batting down the, 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 the boat, and we started removing all of our gear, the lawn chairs, the tackle boxes, the unused bait, our rods and our reels, the cooler. And we started trekking up the hill, up the stairs to the parking lot. And my dad had left his brand new Shimano rod and reel right on the dock with the tip hanging right over the choppy waters. This, in fact, is that rod and reel. Man, it's old. 
just like me. And on the end of the tip, dangling over those choppy waters, was a rubber purple worm mocking us because we didn't catch anything with it. And so we went up to the car and we came back and we found that there was no Shimano rod and reel anywhere to be found. We couldn't find the rod and reel. And the only thing that we could think was this the rod and reel fell into the water. So my dad took my own rod and reel and he started jamming the rod and reel into the shallow waters below the dock trying to find his Shimano. I mean, I remember my dad when he got the Shimano reel. It was so light, he put some sinkers on it. And in the backyard, he was casting to spots in the yard to see how good and accurate his cast was. This was his new rod and reel. So he was a little furious. And it was already late. He couldn't find anything by poking the rod and reel in. And so he took my rod and reel and got into my tackle box and got out a large spoon lure that I'd never used. It's for ocean fishing. I don't even know why I had it. I was a 10-year-old kid. So he started reeling it in, casting out, trying to see if he can drag that spoon across the bottom to catch his Shimano rod and reel. I got really, really tired. So I went up got into the Reliant K car. What a beast of a car, let me tell you. Until you hit a light pole, like my brother did. Anyhow, that's a side note. That's a different story. (laughs) And so I was fast asleep. I don't know how long it was. It could have been an hour. It could have been two hours. It was still dark. And my dad comes in, opens the door, ecstatic. You got to come see it. You got to come see it. I got my rod and reel. Why do I need to see it? I've already seen it before. Now it's just wet. I thought, man, okay. So I went down to the dock with my dad rubbing my eyes. And to my amazement and astonishment, there was the Shimano rod and reel. But that wasn't the astonishing thing. There was a channel catfish hanging on the end of the Shimano rod and reel with that purple rubber worm dangling out of its mouth. A catfish got my dad's worm, pulled the Shimano rod and reel into Cowan Lake. And I can just imagine this catfish just trying to swim, pulling the Shimano rod and reel through the waters and not getting very far. What an astonishing and amazing story. And you would think my mom would believe it. She didn't believe it. Nobody believed it, man. But it was an astonishing catch. And it is a true, unembellished story. I kid you not. See, like Peter, my dad and I had a fishless evening. And like Peter, we had just started packing things up. Folks, isn't that kind of when God enters the story sometimes? When you start packing things up? When you think you're just done? When you've had a fishless fishing expedition? When your life seems so fruitless? I can think of the many people that I've met over my, my life. 
since I've known Jesus. And some of you sitting right here felt like your life was fruitless. Felt like you were just ready to pack it up. And that's when Jesus shows up. That's when he showed up for Peter. There was this crowd that was gathering around Jesus. And Jesus, like a great rabbi, he looked around at his scene to see what was there that he could use. And he made use of it. And he purposefully, I don't think it was random, folks, he purposefully got Peter's boat, got into his boat and said, put me out in the waters. Now, we don't really know what Jesus was teaching at that time. I would assume he probably said some things about the kingdom of God, some things about how we are to interact with one another, how God actually is our Father and loves us. I can imagine elaborate. We don't know what he said in that moment. But I imagine Peter sitting in that boat, watching the Master teach all these people from behind. Watching all of his movements, trying to catch the words that Jesus was saying to this crowd that was watching Jesus teach about the love and the power of the kingdom. I imagine Peter glimpsing the crowd from behind, fixating on their eyes because they had his attention. All the while, Jesus' back is to Peter. Then Jesus turns around. Knowing full well there was nothing in the nets. Knowing full well Peter didn't make anything for the evening. There was no sustenance for the table. There was no income coming in from that night's catch. And he said to Peter, put out into deep water for a catch. Did you catch it? Yes, pun intended. Did you catch what Jesus said? He said, put out into deep waters for a catch. He didn't say, maybe you'll catch it. Let's try. No, Jesus said, put out into deep waters for a catch. Jesus was the first fish finder. Why? Because Jesus is creator. He knows his creation. And he's a miracle worker. And Peter said, Master, we've worked all night long and haven't caught anything. And I'd like to pause right there. Fruitless fishing, fruitless life. You do the same thing over and over and over and over again. Einstein said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Folks, I don't know about you, but I did the same thing over and over and over and over again, expecting different results results in my life. But see, Jesus understood. He saw beyond what Peter saw. He sees beyond what you see. He saw beyond what I saw. 
He sees you in His image. He sees you as His own handiwork. But I really think that we get caught right here. Master, we've done everything and we haven't caught anything. I'm tired. I want to go home. I want to pack it in. I just want to be done. I think that's where we get caught sometimes. But then Peter says this. Here's the linchpin in the story. But because you say so, I'll let down the nets. When they had done so. Notice it wasn't just Peter in this. He had to conjure somebody else to help him throw the net out. They caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, miraculous works of God begin with a yes. Can everybody please say with me on three, yes, one, two, three, yes. Miraculous movements of God begin with a yes, because you say so. Folks, I want to lay it out simple probably could have made that a little bit bigger on the screen. <laughs> Sorry about that. Boys and girls, if, I, if I've got your attention, adults, if i got your attention, obeying God, this is as simple as it gets, because I'm a simple guy. Obeying God is simply acting on the belief that God knows best. That's it. We try to complicate it. It's that simple. Obeying God is acting. Acting on the belief that God knows better than you do. In a little bit softer way, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't rely on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all your ways, and He will make your path straight. When they had done so, when Peter, folks, when Peter did not filter his life through his failure of the evening, his fruitless failure, when Peter stepped out of his own understanding of reality in that moment, things began to happen. When Peter began to stop trusting what he physically could see and start trusting the Master who actually sees him and what's ahead, that's when the miracle began to work. That's when the miracle started. And folks, boys and girls, God is not asking you to take a giant leap. He's asking you to take a small step. A small act of obedience. 
you're like Ambrose. I've, I've heard of all these people that are being called to, to being missionaries and going across the world. And all these people being called pa- to, to be a pastor. Those are huge things. Or to quit their job or to do something amazingly radical. Yeah, I've heard those stories too. But those stories start out with a very small act of obedience. When you look at this story, Peter, Jesus just asked Peter to cast the net one more time. Something Peter had done thousands and thousands and thousands of times since he was a little boy. It wasn't something new. It wasn't something well beyond his skill set and his understanding. Boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, it was just something that Peter had already known what to do. But this time, it wasn't because of Peter's motivation or intention. It was because of the motivation and intention of God and what God wanted to do. So, if you think, man, God may be calling me to a giant leap someday. That may be true, but giant leaps don't happen. They just don't happen. Unless you're Neil Armstrong. Yes, we're in Wapak. You can laugh at that. Maybe not. I'll mark that out of my jokes. Yikes. Giant leaps actually are small steps over time. Folks, Small acts of obedience to God lead to miraculous movements of heaven and earth. And in fact, your small acts of obedience to God today and tomorrow over time become giant leaps. You need to trust Him in the small things. You need to obey Him in the small things. We need to trust Him in the small things. Zechariah, God said through Zechariah, chapter 4, verse 10, Do not despise the day of small things. Because small things make huge differences. That's why we have a penny march. Because every one of our kids and our guests can find a penny. I mean, I found a lot on vacation. Did I pick them up? Yes, but I sanitized them. Right? The pennies will add up. The small things add up. Your small, small, simple acts of obedience over time become giant leaps because in two years, you won't be where you were in your faith. Because it'll be galvanized and deepened. And so, your small acts of obedience in all your yesterdays will grow deep trust, deep faith in God so that in the future, and this is the cool part, in the future, when God tells you to take that giant leap, that giant leap isn't as giant as you may think. Because you have seen that God has come through in all your small acts of obedience. It starts with your yes. Boys and girls, it starts with your yes. Moms and dads, it starts with your yes. Parents, grandparents, everybody in the room, if you're listening online, it starts with your yes. Miraculous movements of God start with yes. Will you please stand?
Maybe you're here today. And maybe you felt like life has just been fruitless for you. And you've been doing the same thing over and over and over again. And it hasn't gotten to you anywhere. But I can tell you this. God is calling you to throw that net one more time. Just one more time. Throw it out in the deep water. I've done it over and over and I haven't caught anything. Throw your net. He may be asking you to throw your net just one more time. If that's you, man, it starts with your yes. Would you bow your heads? If that's you, if that's your description of your life right now, and you just want to see a miraculous movement of God in your life, will you just raise your hand and say, yes. That's all it is. Say yes, man. Yes, Lord. Yes. Father, for those that have raised their hand, I ask that your your spirit intervene and intercede in such a way that they know it's you coming through that they are trusting you, that they are not leaning on their own insight. They're not looking at the reality. They're looking into the Savior's eyes. And they're allowing their obedience to be the intersection between heaven and earth where you crash through. God, will you intervene in such a way that they know it's you and in the way that they need it, not in the way they want it. If you have not given your life to Jesus... If you have not given your heart to Him, whether you are young or old or somewhere in between, you still have breath in your lungs and you still have an opportunity to give your life to Him. If you have not given your life or you have just walked away, I'm asking you right now to pray along with me. Jesus, it's so simple. Jesus, I give you my life. Lord, I give you my life. Jesus, I give it to you. It is yours now. It is not mine. I've done it the way I've done it for years, and it doesn't work. Jesus, I give you my life. It's simple. It's not the, the whole conversation. It's just the start. If you have prayed that, if you said, Jesus, I give you my life, and you were sincere in your heart and in your mind, you may not understand everything. You may not get it, but you just are trusting him. If that was you, will you please raise your hand? Please. Thank you. Jesus, we give you our life. We trust you with all the questions and the uncertainties. And in the moments that we are struggling with trusting you, Lord, help our unbelief and turn it to belief. We need you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. It is in your name, Jesus, that we pray today. Amen. You may be seated just briefly. And then... Thank you for listening to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope you are moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future he has for you, and that you are moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community, and to love people to Jesus.